Welcome everybody to another episode of The Sheriff. Guys, today's a really special episode because we have a guy that has a really special role in the sports industry. Um, I have a personal experience with him. My two brothers know him as well. Um, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, um, I want to welcome Matt Nickel to our show. Matt, how are you doing tonight, brother? Sean, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's an honor to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Kyle, how are you t feeling today, my friend? I'm feeling like I'm getting old. <laughs> now, now, that might be because, you know, what was it, two days ago you hit the big 3-0? Yeah, I finally turned 30 years old, and I'll tell you what, my body feels like it's 65, but we're, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that yet. <laughs> awesome, buddy. Well, like, I know I talked to you on your birthday, but I want to say another, you know, happy belated birthday, my friend. 30 is a big milestone. At Matt, like especially for an athlete, right? 30 is yeah. really when you got you to gotta decide, you know, if you're going to go all out to do a few more years or if it's ready to hang them up, right? Yeah, I, Kyle, I got, I got no sympathy for you whatsoever. 30, you're a kid. <laughs> you're, you're a pup. You're a young pup, man. You, got, you should not be complaining about anything. I'm 46 not, years old. I got one foot in the grave. Like 30 is nothing, man. That's like I was, chicken. I was not Matt. very kind to my body growing up, Matt. So it it's uh yeah, yeah. It, it it's catching up. <laughs> so Matt, I know we've been really excited, man, to have you on because there's so many things that we want to get into. But before we get into all that stuff, I'm really curious, and I'm sure the listeners are too. Where was the beginning for, for young Matt? Like, like where did you grow up, elementary school, that type of stuff? Where were you? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm from Kitchener originally, Kitchener, Kitchener, Waterloo. It's funny, when I, when I grew up, it was Kitchener, and now, now it's Waterloo because, I don't know, Blackberry, you know, shout out, A-Stew, Blackberry, you know, the home of the Blackberry and Waterloo, it put us on the map. So, um, yeah, that's home for me and uh, grew up there, went to high school there, and then I, uh, I went to the University of Montreal. So I lived in Montreal for about five years. And uh, then I moved to Toronto. I've been here. This is man coming up on on twenty three years now. It's crazy. Now, now you mentioned you mentioned Montreal. There, it was it was McGill that you went to, though, right? That's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so how how was that, brother? Because I've I've lived oh. in Montreal. So how was that? Well, you know, so you know. Now, the only difference, I mean, it's the great to me. It's the greatest city in 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 North America. At least to be like a. A young guy coming in, you know, like I, I'm from a small-ish town. Like going to Toronto was like a big deal when I was a kid. I remember like in elementary school, if a kid went to Toronto on the weekend, like that was huge news. Like he'd come back and the buildings and the Eaton Center and this stuff was just like crazy, you know. So like I went to Montreal at 18, never been to a bar before, never been on a subway, you know, like living downtown. And, you know, the, the campus of McGill, it's a beautiful, beautiful campus, but it's right smack dab in the middle of downtown Montreal so uh it was it was wild it was a crazy experience you know and I it's maybe not the uh the NHL Montreal experience because you know when you got you know when you got 15 bucks to go out on the weekend you can't really have the NHL Montreal experience but maybe you get the like the central the central league Montreal experience for 15 bucks you know no for sure but but the thing is though man it's like I mean I've I've been kind of in both situations like I've lived there like as a as a young person, not making that much money, and then I've lived there when I was actually making money. So I think both experiences are awesome, though, man. Like like I I, I had to stop at Montreal just because I've lived there, buddy, and I'm I'm sure yeah. that that was an amazing experience for you. Oh, but it like, was incredible. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Now you like you got now now a concurrent education. 
Can you explain that, like what you took at McGill? Yeah, yeah it's a cool, and I don't, I don't even know if they have the program anymore. I hope they do because it was really awesome. So I'm, I'm, we're just we're you know ripping on Kyle before. I'm, I'm old, like I'm real old. So when I was when I was uh, coming out of high school, I, all I wanted to do was play football. And when I couldn't play football more, I wanted to coach football and teach high school. You know, be a phys ed teacher. That would be my dream. You know, go to go to go to work in sweatpants and you know, wear a whistle and that, that life would be pretty good. And I'm, I'm not far off of that now. So, but uh, at the time it was really hard to get into teacher's college. Like when you went through school and you got out, it was really, really tough to get in. Uh, my parents are teachers. My brother, my brother was going through it to be a teacher at that time. So I knew how hard it was. So they had this program at McGill where, you know, it was really, it was tough to get in out of high school, but you know, I worked real hard on my grades, my last year of high school. And then, you know, playing football obviously helps a little bit. They can, you know, if you're a good enough player and your grades are good enough, you know, they can, they can make a few things happen, but uh, it, it was a way that you could, you got automatically accepted into teacher's college right away. First year, you would go to school like everybody else. And then when everybody else was done, you'd stick around for about another month of extra classes, which was great because I wanted to stay and train for football anyway, and give, give you something to do. So you would just sort of chip away at your teacher's college degree a little bit every year. And then when you're done, you come out already. You don't have to go to teacher's college. You have your degree right there. So that it was, it was amazing for me. It was like a really cool program. Uh, pretty unique. They didn't have anything like that in, uh, well, they had actually, they had a similar program at Queens and I, and I don't think, I think that was it at least in Ontario. So yeah, it was really yeah, cause I, I read that man and I'm like, I got to ask him about that. Cause that's that, like, I, I've never seen that before. So it was like, cool. And for me, cause like, I, I want you know, like I, I was able to study kinesiology, which I love. I did a minor in history, which I love. I'm kind of a history geek. I like that stuff. But at the same time, I actually did like, you know, a, a degree that I could get a job with right out of school if I needed one, you know? So now, no, Matt, we, I was kind of joking with Kyle a little bit, like before we got you on, man, we're going to talk about the role that you had when you were with the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? But man, what do you have to say about what happened last night with, with the Leafs, man, with the game seven loss to Montreal? You know what? You know, you, you know this as a player, so I, I know you, you, you appreciate and you respect this, but, like, unless you're in that locker room, you know, unless, you, unless you're wearing that jersey, standing in that room with those guys, you don't, you don't know. I mean, you, 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 people make uh, assumptions about what guys are like or how hard they were. I mean, I, I have no idea. I'm not there, so it's, it's not fair for me to comment. You know, it's tough. Like, I, you know, I was there the last time that they won playoff series. You know, I was there when, when we were, you know, Stanley Cup contending team. I know what those teams were like. Yeah. You, know what those, you know what those teams are like because you played against them. Uh, like, it, it, it was, but it was a different style of hockey. It was a different brand of hockey. It was a different thing. So, I, don't, I, I mean, it's hard to say. It's, it's tough. I, I just feel bad. I'm not, I'm not a I'm neutral, man. I like everybody. I, I like and dislike everybody the, the equally. I, in my business, you can't have any. You can't have a team. You can't have a fan, like a favorite. Uh, so I, I feel bad for these diehard Leafs fans because, man, these guys are just crazy. Like it's 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 sad to see. I'm 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 surprised. Like I thought the city would just grind to a halt today. I thought that would be it. You know. Yeah, so, it's crazy. But see, now I want to add <laughs> to one thing that you said there. First of all, I I, I got a comment, Matt. Um, you're, you're a really nice guy, buddy. You're a very, very nice guy. Okay. I bet I'm you, not. I bet you, you claim, you claim Switzerland status yeah. on a lot of topics, my friend, only I because do. of how good of a guy you are. Right. But now listen, 
I did notice you say style of play is different now than it was, for example, when I was playing in the AHL in the early 2000s, okay? Now, as a guy that is a former player, Matt, okay, and I know you've worked with a lot of guys at my age. I'm a 1982 birth year. Oh, I know. You know I'm I know. 39 years old right now, right? So I know you've worked with a ton of guys my age. You know my era. Someone like me that was supporting the Toronto Maple Leafs that watches a game, an NHL game, a game seven playoff game in the NHL last night. I was so disappointed, Matt, with, with the competitiveness, with... Lack with the up. stick checking in the playoffs, stick checking in the playoffs, there's no passion like there was before, brother. It's it's not the players' fault per se. It's what the it's. I feel it's what the leagues turned into. Now it's not all the games and it's not all the teams. But last night, I couldn't believe. Like I've had a more intense shinny game. <laughs> Then, then I saw my Toronto Maple Leafs play last night, yeah. and I'm disappointed, man. I have to voice my opinion. Well, listen, I'm going to share this with you. So, I, and I know you tell me what year you played in your era. I know exactly because I can tell you. I remember in in 2004, 2005, the lockout year, and I remember, and this is the first time I heard your name because your name, and and, and I, you can edit this out if this language isn't acceptable, but your name was fucking McMorrow because when you played Rochester and you guys were like, that's a great example because. You guys were a great team. You know, you had Vanek, Ryan Miller, and that, but there was like Pominville, you and you and yeah, Thorburn. you and Thorburn and Janik and God, like like Dostad, like. But I remember that was like the look you know on the guy's face, like fucking McMorrow. We got oh my god, like it's gonna be. You know, you know, you're in one. Like you're like, you <laughs> you know, you're in one. It's not gonna be a fun night. But but that's the interesting thing to me is you guys were a high skill team with a world class goalie who also could beat the tar off, you know, that could take you in the corner, that could grind, that could, you know, control the puck and protect, like, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm certainly not advocating for going back to like, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers in the sixties and stuff. Hey, I'm not now, talking about, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not talking, okay, I'm not Kyle talking going. about, he's a Philly I'm boy. Not talking about, I'm not talking about slap shot, but even like that year in the American league was some of the best hockey. I remember watching like, you had yeah. guys like Bing, like Binghamton, Binghamton flying, you know, razors in net, like going crazy in there. Spez is going crazy, you know. But then you got then you got Gratz, like the the you know the you know the equalizer, like they, they had so much skill, so much strength, so much grit. You had it, you had it all on those teams. And I looked at, I mean, I, I look at the teams now, and you see, it's almost like there's two different. It's not just seasons, like two different sports. Like NHL regular season is like playing 2K, you know, NHL 2K. Sick moves, cool goals, get lots of points. And then it comes to playoffs, and I see, like, Washington, and I see St. Louis, and you, and I, you know, Boston. These teams, they can grind and they can pound. And, you, you know, even if you look at a team like Pittsburgh, there's your, your superstar, Sidney Crosby, who's, like, you know, you know, arguably, if not the one of the best players, right, amazing – He's he's not scared to take the body. He's not scared to get tough goals. Grind like I, I think in the playoffs. That's I, I don't I don't think it's an option. I don't think that's something you can choose to do or not to do. I think it's necessary. You know. And your team has to be. And that that's what we what it comes down to. Every single year we we say the same thing going into the playoffs. You know, you you have 
the the best regular season teams don't necessarily or aren't necessarily guaranteed a slide all the way up to cup contenders, even though now it seems like just because you were a fantastic regular season team right off the bat, you were automatically written in as a contender. And it's like, well, wait a second. This, this team's a great regular season team, but they lack that grit. They lack that physicality. And when it comes to the playoffs, when people are hitting to hurt you, that's when that's that's when uh, the nose meets the grindstone. Either yep. you move forward or you just pack your shit and go golfing because it's over. Absolutely. I agree with that for sure. Now, Matt, th- this is going to be this is going to be pretty fun, my brother. Let's talk about like I think it's the end of kind of the golden era of hockey, in my opinion, is the 2000s, like the, the, from 2000 to 2010-ish, okay? Now, during this time, from 02 to 09 was when you were the head strength and conditioning coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs, correct? That's correct. Yes. So now, that, that was a wonderful time. Amazing. Like, what, what, that, that must have been... I don't need to say anything. Can you explain what that was for you, please? Yeah, you know what? It's funny. It was honest to God. It was the it was the best job. It was also the easiest job in the world. Like we had, you know, our team. We had you look at the, we had Matt Sundin, who was you know our the, our star player, but also one of the fittest, strongest guys in the NHL. I don't think people understand. Like really, this is a guy a two hundred and forty pound guy with an aerobic capacity beyond anybody else who would like. I don't know how many guys now could do his pregame warm-up. Like, he was just a, a machine. Gary Roberts, Brian McCabe, Wade Belak, you know, like all, all these guys. Ty Domi, I mean, legend, right? Legend, right? Like, we had, we had guys, probably six guys that had either been a captain, like a guy like Tom Fitzgerald been a captain somewhere else, come in and be a third or fourth-line role player. And this is a guy, 1,000 games, leader, captain. You know, Joe Neuendijk, three Stanley Cups, three different teams, captain everywhere he went, role player on that. Like, it was just a an unbelievable job. The guys were unbelievable to work with. Uh, I mean, I, you basically make sure the gym's unlocked and the lights are on, and then just after that, it was fun. You know, it really, it, it wasn't, it was, it was really, really cool experience for sure. So, like, what actually goes into being a strength and conditioning coach? Because I'm actually genuinely curious, because like you said, you're dealing with professional athletes. So, yeah. It, it's got to be hard, though, to see a professional athlete. Like, is it one of those, like, you view something that they may struggle or does the team bring something to your attention and then you guys work on something that way? Or, like, how does it work? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I, now you got to keep in mind, this is, this, is a, this is a long time ago, a different era. So everybody now is, like, the director of this and the something of that. Everyone's got really cool job titles and there's, like, 17 guys and they're all, like, I couldn't even figure out how to get Skype going tonight, but every, everyone's doing all kinds of crazy stuff with technology at school. When Pat Quinn hired me, it was, it was, it was really, it was great because I got his endorsement. But after that, it was sort of like I was the head strength coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, also of the St. John's Maple Leafs. I was also the nutritionist. I was also the assistant strength coach. I was also the director of whatever I want to be the director of just, you know what? I don't really care. Just get all this shit done. So it was, it was cool to have all that responsibility and, and there wasn't, I wasn't, taking over from someone else there had never been anyone else doing the job before me so and and I wasn't I mean I wasn't really I was a young guy I think I was the youngest guy in the league doing the job and I wasn't really a hockey guy I was a football guy I came from a football background like Sean you know the business that I have now I had the same business then 
but football players, not hockey players. I had a lot of football players and then a couple of NHL guys. And then all of a sudden, bang, next day I'm, I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs guy. So it was, uh, it was a pretty crazy experience. And, and to your point, like the great thing about Pat, which I, I, I mean, I, I love that guy and he was, you know, incredible to me. And I didn't, one of my biggest regrets in life is I didn't appreciate it enough because I hadn't done the job before with another team and come there. So I had nothing to compare it to, but he, he kind of just, you know, like left you to your own devices. Like I remember early on in my first year, I only had a one year contract, so I didn't know if I was going to get rehired. And I just one time asked him if I could speak to him in his office and just sort of said, okay, like, what's the deal? Is this, am, am, I, am I doing good? Am I doing bad? Do I have a job next year? What's happening? And he said, well, we seem to be winning more games than we're losing and the guys are hurt less often and guys seem to like it. No one's really complaining about you. So good enough for me. Like, <laughs> I don't really know what it is you do. I'm not really sure what's going on there, but it, it's it, at the very least, it's not pissing him off. It seems to be helping some way. I'm not really sure, but all good. So, so to your point, like the the Pat knew that the team, you know, we had to get we had we had guys that were starting to creep up in age. We had to keep these guys healthier. We seemed to kind of run out of gas at the end of the year. We you know we we needed to get guys stronger. Um, and then it was sort of that era now where all of a sudden we had to put a, another emphasis back on developing young guys. So we needed some development uh, outside of that. I really didn't have any direction. So there was a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of stuff that I probably screwed up. There's probably, you know, a, a lot of stuff that I would do all over, but, uh, but more often than not, it kind of worked out pretty good. And it was because we had those amazing guys on the team that support, you know, and you know, Sean, that's the one thing like I'll say really special that I love about hockey players is, they they would you know they would chirp you and take the, and especially me as a new guy I didn't know the culture I didn't know the lingo I didn't but they would chirp you they take the piss out of you all the time but they had your <laughs> back and because they, they knew that you cared if they knew that you cared and I was you know first guy in last guy out of the building every day they knew that you cared they knew that you put the time in they had your back so it was it was great that way. So what would you say was easier? I mean, dealing with the older generation of players that kind of have are stuck in their ways and how they do things or the younger the rookies like was it easier to train which one would you say I, I was lucky like I told you I never like my my biggest like from day one and that's what I was worried about a guy like Matt Sundin this guy and he comes into a room this guy's got a presence like a real presence and you know you've been around there's lots of good players and there's great players and then there's stars and you know when those stars walk in the room there's just something different they've got that charisma they got a they, there's a there's a presence and he had that. And I was like, okay, if this, you know, if this doesn't go well, like day one, I'm done. Like if, if this guy thinks I'm a, a loser and then that's it, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be tough sledding, but he was, so, he was so supportive from day one. He just loves to work hard. Gary Roberts, the same thing. I'm, I think some days I'm not sure if he was the coach or I was the coach. I don't know, but you know, he, you know, he <laughs> was, he, it was like having another strength coach in the room. All the guys were great. So I, I think it, with that, it was just, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe to me it's, because it was that time in my life. It was my first thing. It was special. The kids now are great. Like, like these kids now, uh, they love it. They all train, you know, that, but it's, it's a little, it's a little bit different, you know, maybe, maybe that's just because I'm older and there's an age thing and I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, a video game guy or I'm not a Snapchat guy or whatever. So maybe, maybe there's a bit of a disconnect there, but you know, uh, you know, the, the young kids that I have in my gym, I can tell you that they're phenomenal kids. They, they love to work hard. Uh, so we get along great. But the thing that the, the little small difference that I see is that now and maybe, Sean, you can probably speak to that better. But now all these kids, you know, the kids are 11, 12 years old. They all have a stick handling coach and a shooting coach 
and and a chiropractor and a masseuse and a strength coach and nutritionist and a, and a sports psychologist and three agents and an advisor and they're like they're like it's and they're so programmed every second of their life is programmed i think those guys that i had back in the day on those teams were a little more uh, maybe a little more independent maybe had you know had to figure some things out on their own and come up the tough way a little bit uh and maybe maybe that helps you i don't know maybe that helps you in a high pressure playoff situation where the coach is not going to be out on the ice with you where you've got to find a way to, to make it happen. It might help with that. I don't know. Well, for sure, Matt. And there, there's a couple things that, that I, I want to comment on. One thing is that when you were mentioning about if there might be a disconnect with, with you and the younger players, I'll tell you what's what as a, as a former player, I'll tell you what's most important. Like with, when it comes to strength coaches and trainers, what's most important, Matt is for the player to feel comfortable. Okay. And I don't know, Kyle can agree with me. Just us doing this Skype video call, the way that we do our recording. Okay. You make people feel very comfortable, brother. You just it, like you were born with that. Okay. Oh, so you. not only do you have the most knowledge than anyone possible for an NHL player, NFL, NCAA, whoever, wherever, whatever league or company you're coming from. So not only does the player know that they're getting the best advice, best knowledge, best direction, but they're also comfortable and they're able, like guys wear the same equipment for 20 years, Matt, you know, this, right? <laughs> you know, that guys do that, especially the hockey guys, right? Absolutely. We go with what we're comfortable with. When we're comfortable, we play and perform better. So to have a guy where you're a hundred percent comfortable, knows all the knowledge and really knows how to prepare each player individually. That's also the big thing about you, brother. Every player is like a project. You're figuring out what they're doing now, what they can do better, how you're going to guide them there, how you're going to just not just boom, change everything in their life. Man, I heard that you gradually change people's diets to the way that you want it to be. Like I've had, I've had guys tell me how they think of you as a counselor as well, just because of the, all the good advice and knowledge that you give the players. I'm not even going to get into my own personal little brother's experience with you yet, <laughs> Liam McMorrow. But the hockey guys, the stuff that they tell me, Matt, it's incredible. There is no disconnect with older guys, younger guys, or anybody per se. Because you're connected with everyone, my friend. And I have never heard anything even half-ass about you, Matt. Because you go oh, all that. out 100%. That means a lot I, to me. I appreciate that. Thank you. No problem, buddy. No problem. So what I'm, I'm kind of leading into here is just kind of the, the VIP treatment that you've been able to give, you know, the professional and amateur athletes that you've worked with. Now, when I was doing my research, I was reading that when you create I got to make sure that I, that I say this right. Okay. Now, now you created this sports, the, the latest technology and equipment and research went into the the sports performance drinks and supplements that you created that was exclusively for the teams that you were working with, right? I just want you to talk a little bit about that, that experiment. And that must have been like, man, you must have been the first person to do this, Matt. Do you know that or not? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that or not. I mean, there's lots of people that were doing that, uh, you know, for commercial gain, you know, like selling it online or selling it in a store. I, I don't know if anyone else was making it, you know, for their athletes. I heard a story. Some of them, it was Andre Agassi had a coach that, that you know, his coach concocted something like that. You know, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, to, to my knowledge, I was. But, you know, I think it was uh, – I don't really know for sure because, to be honest with you, at the time I, I didn't care. I, I wasn't I, I, I wasn't researching to see what anybody else was doing. I wasn't worried about what anybody else was doing or what was out there. I just had an idea, you know, in my mind of what I thought was going to help my guys and, and went with that. Yeah, and like what I was really trying to say um, is that a revolutionary new line of sports supplements that was used exclusively with the teams that you were working with. And I think that, man, so like, that's like you, you had the whole package, the whole package for the teams that you're playing with and, and the players that you're working with. Now, the really exciting thing, brother, is what you put together in the summertime, the <laughs> 25 pro players and the 25 amateur players. This is an invite only. Can you talk about this for a little bit? Because it's yeah. incredible, man. You know what I think. You know what it is, uh, Sean. I think when I when I whenever I work for the team, I, I'm I, you, and you know you know you know you know me well enough to know that I'm I'm passionate about what I do. It's not it's not a job for me. You know, it was never like I never I never set out to be the Toronto Maple Leafs guy or that that had that that didn't matter. I just wanted to be the best that I could be for my athletes, whoever that is. You know, and if I'm if I'm coaching house league players, well, you know what? I want to be the best house league coach that I can be. If I'm working for the Leafs, I want to be the best Toronto Maple Leaf coach that I could be. So I think, uh, you know, for me, when I was with a team, there was always some level of frustration in that, you know, you have your impact in the gym, but I would see things on the ice that I'm like, that ah, doesn't really make sense. Like, I don't know why they're doing that. I, like, and I'm not, but I'm not a hockey coach, so it's not my place, right? It's not my place to, to, to offer uh, suggestions on what goes on on the ice. Or I'd see things in the medical side of, and I'd say, ah, you know what, like, I think there's other things that we could do with therapy and, you know, new like acupuncture and different things. And, but that's not my place, right? I, I, I got to stay in my lane, right? Or even, even, you know, we, we talked about creating that, you know, that, you know, a lot of supplements for my players, but well, that's, thank God for Pat Quinn, you know, letting me do that because otherwise like that's not my lane. I'm the strength guy, right? We probably have to listen to some nutrition person tell us about how many servings of broccoli we got to eat or something. Right. So I, I think for me, the, I always sort of felt like, if I, if I did my own thing, I, I still want to be the co I want to be in the gym, but I also kind of want to be the GM because I don't know. I couldn't, I can barely skate. I sure as hell can't coach a hockey team, but I know which coach I would want to have, you know, and I, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor, but I know which ones are great. And I know which ones I like working with. And I know, you know, I like, I know, like I've got an idea of how I would like to do it. Right. And, and if you could do it, and do it right, like really take care of each guy and, and try to customize it as much as you could, uh, you know, and, and I just sort of set it up like, okay, well, how many guys do we need to run an NHL practice? Okay, that's how many guys I want. I want to, I want to treat it like it's a team, like we're, we're a little team in the summer and then these guys break off and go everywhere else. But I thought, okay, that's how many guys I want to have. I want to make it just like the rink, you know, and when you, like Sean, when you went to the rink, you just show up and everything is there. Everything's there for you, right? And some teams were probably better than others and different, different this and that. But like you, you just, you just got to show up. That's the thing I love about pro sports that way. If you just show up on time and you know, this, like the life, life in pro hockey, if you just show up on time, everything else is going to be taken care of. 
Somebody yeah. will have, there's clothes for you. There's food for you. We will get you on the bus. We'll get you on the plane. Just show, you just got to show up and try hard. If you just do that, you're good, right? So I wanted to make it like that. And, and, and then when I created my little business, uh, that that's what it was. I said, okay, I just want to treat this like it's a team. I'm going to have on ice coaches. And it's not by the, by the day, by the hour, but it's none of that because I don't know, sometimes the workout is going to be an hour. Sometimes it's going to be 20 minutes. Sometimes it's going to be two hours. I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be as long as it is until we got to, we got to get done. We got to get done. Right. Uh, so it didn't fit a typical business model. So I just sort of created, created one. And now, you know, there's some other models like that going. I think it's the right way to do it. Now, what, what's amazing about, about the program that, that you created is, is the, the players that, that have, that have trusted it and come like, like you've had, you've had MVPs and, and stuff in this, like, like, how does that work? Like, do the, do the, the, the players contacted you or do you guys send out invites? Like how did, how did that part work? No, I think my, I mean, my, if I started with my first year, you know, it was a lot of the guys, you know, a lot of the guys from the, from the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, the guys that were still there that said, okay, I know you're not, you're not our team guy anymore, but I want to keep training with you. Can I, can we do that? Right. So I sort of started out of the gate with a few, with a few people. And then, you know, word of mouth, one guy, you know, one guy comes, he tells another guy, word gets out that, you know, Hey, you know, so-and-so's in Toronto now. And, you know, it just, you know how it is in that community. It's a tight knit community, right? You yes. do a good job for one person. They tell a buddy, they tell two buddies and it just sort of grows like that. So yeah, I've never had a, I've never had a marketing plan or a business plan or a five-year plan or any of that shit. I just kind of show up and do a good job. Yeah. No, the, and, and Matt, you, you sure do a good job, buddy. Trust me. Like, it, it's, it's phenomenal, that program that you put on. And, like, you know, before the show, Matt, like, I, I had a chance to, to, to speak to one of my brothers that, that have had, like, a pretty good experience with you, man. And, you know, like, it's, it's cool because the stories that he tells me, it's so similar to, like, a lot of the other stories that I'm also told about you, like, from the hockey guys. And, you know, when you really look at it, Matt, I mean, a lot of professional athletes are very similar. Like, they have to train pretty much the same. Like, everything has got into, like, explosive power training and stuff and, you know, plyometrics and quick feet drills and, you know, the ladder drills and Every sport is doing it now. And like, I, I know that you guys embrace that kind of stuff as well. And so I know that Liam McMorrow, you know, my, my youngest brother, you know, he, being a professional basketball player, he was a time in his career, man, when he had a major knee injury, a major one, and it came at a really inconvenient time. And he was really, really panicking to try to rehab this as best as possible. And you really helped him at that time of his life. And I know how thankful he is, brother. But the thing that I want to tell you, though, is just what how the confidence that Liam was able to build up. Like he told me, he's like, Sean, imagine not only like feeling your knee getting stronger, knowing that it's 100 times better than it was a few weeks ago, but being able to be told by Matt Nickel, man that everything is going to be okay. You're going to be able to play. You're going to get stronger and stronger and you're going to be able to go for it. And because that information came from you, 
my brother was able to carry on. He was able to have that confidence to get over that hump because Matt, you know how mental the game is, brother. It's the same thing with training. It's all it, like, what, what, what's your, um, like comments on that aspect when people say, Oh, the game is, is 80% mental 20% physical. Like what's your opinion on something like that? I mean, it's a hundred percent mental. It's, I mean, that's everything, right? Like okay. it's, uh, you know, and you, you and you know that, and we all know there's so many, I mean, it won't take you long to come up with a list of guys that had all the tools, you know, like strong, fast, big, lean, blah, 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 just, and they couldn't get it done. They just, and these are the guys who just, for whatever reason, you know, it's for, for you know, if it, fear of success, fear of failure, whatever it is, right? I just can't get it done. Um, and and, that, and that's everything. And that confidence. And you also know, and I'm sure you played with guys that like, you look at these guys, like, this guy has no business being out here. He's not big enough. He's not fast enough. He's not, but, but he just, he's got that so dialed in that he made it happen for himself, you know? So I think that's a huge part of it for sure. For sure. And your brother, you know what? Your brother, your brother's a great example of that. And I remember, you know, uh, it's probably not, maybe you got to edit this out later, but I remember him showing me a video that he did not take. Someone took, did not him. Your brother backing down Joel Embiid and like in practice and like shooting threes. You know why? Because no one told, you know, no one told him that he can't do that. And he didn't, you know, he doesn't care. He, he has no reason to believe that he can. Why can't I? Why can't I do that? Why can't I play for the Philadelphia 76ers? Why not? And, and in my opinion, I mean, in my humble opinion, this guy, you know, I, I wish I could, you know, if I had a time machine, there's a lot of stuff that I would do. But that would be one of the things. Take your brother back. Like, can you imagine if your brother grew up in wherever, you know, Texas, California, Florida, are you kidding it's got to be in the you know twenty year NBA career. This guy, this he's a he's a freak, right? So, you know that's the that's the, the shitty thing about growing. You know maybe it'll change, but at that the, growing up in Canada when he did, if I was a high school coach, I, I would have held him at gunpoint. I would not have let him left the school. I would have forced him into the gym. I would have crazy glued <laughs> a basketball to his hand. He would not be allowed to go home. I don't care if you like hockey. I don't care if you like lacrosse. I don't care. Like I'm locking you in the gym <laughs> until you become a hot basketball player. Now, Matt, to, to the coach's defense, my brother, <laughs> Liam McMorrow, like no one else on this planet probably, he actually had an 8-inch growth spurt in grade 12. So in, heard, in September of grade yeah, 12. Well, yeah. I thought this was an exaggeration, but I've heard this story. Yeah, so in September of grade 12, the man was my height, six foot four. In June, when he graduated from West Hill high school he was a seven footer so that was like that happened in a short amount of time but if he was who he was at the end of grade 12 from grade 10 then yeah buddy that no yeah. doubt about it but liam man i don't the guy grew almost a foot in one year and, it, and it's incredible man it's incredible but matt just to add to the whole mental thing because i know I, I switched it up pretty quick there do you find that what you did for Liam, the confidence that you gave him, do you find that that's kind of part of your training? Like, is like, that it's a, a huge? Yeah, and you know, honestly, like this is the, like guys like me. Something like I, I take what I do very seriously, but I don't. I try not to take myself too seriously. And I think that guys in my profession, we really get caught up with, you know, is it, did you do three sets or four sets or? eight reps or seven reps or which like you, you do dumbbell presses and he does barbell and this, this guy does runs on ladders and this guy doesn't believe in ladders. Who gives a shit? Like 
that's that's really everyone. I think they're really missing the point. And I think that that's one of the biggest things we do is we, you know, you instill that belief, you instill that confidence in those players. That's that's as important. I mean, I'll, and I, you know, I've got a master's degree in kinesiology. I'm not I'm not going to say I'm not an idiot, right? I understand there's a important role. There is a science of training that I embrace. Obviously, I, I take it I take it very seriously. But I think as important is the fact that you know what you you came and you did uncomfortable things you did hard things you did sometimes scary things that you weren't sure if you were going to be able to do and they weren't fun and it sucked but you did it and you got better and you got stronger and when you go back and pick up that weight that you picked up a month ago or you do that sprint that you did a month ago and today it feels easy when last month it felt hard that gives you such a, a boost of, of energy, a boost of confidence. It builds your armor so that you know when the playoffs roll around, when you know when you go into that corner, you've got that suit of armor that you've built up because you know, you know what? I've done tough things. I've done hard things. I've done scary things, but I, I did them. And, I, and, and by working hard and being disciplined, I accomplished goals so I can do that in other areas of my life. And that's, that's, the, that's as important as anything else we're doing for sure. True words there, brother. I want to talk about something really exciting right now. I want to talk about 2004. You were asked to be the the strength coach for Team Canada. Yes. Yeah, yeah, buddy. What was that like, man? Well, that was a different. I mean, that. I mean, you, you know, you could have you could have trained a, a cat to do to do that job, I and mean, that wasn't. Uh, I, I was, you know, those guys that were there. I mean. It, you know, <laughs> I was I was almost more of I was more of a. Uh, Can you say that again, Matt? What did you just say? I just said you could have trained a cat to do my job. It wasn't like no one. It was a, it's a two week tournament. We're the greatest players in the world, like Team Canada. Like now they just brought they just brought back the World Cup of Hockey a couple of years ago, but it was the last time they did it before that. You know, you've got you know Gretzky wasn't playing, but he was in management. Mary Lemieux was on that team. Like virtually every guy in the team was a Hall of Famer or at least a, a perennial All Star. I was more like the the weight room concierge. I mean, there was a few guys like we had a, like a couple of cool moments. Like I remember working with Jerome McGinley and uh, and Shane Doan working on, and these are that that's that's a that's a statement right there. Two guys in the middle, like they did not have to ever enter the weight room in, in two weeks. It, it was not required of them. No one they could have told me to to just you know beat it and go kick rocks. No one had to talk to me. So the fact that those guys would come in and say, hey can I ask you a question about this? I'm working on this. Like, and these guys were training right up to the championship game because, and, and even a couple of times I'm like, Hey, maybe, you know what, maybe we should back off a little bit, whatever. And they're like, well, no, I got like this tournament's important, but I also got next season to train for like, this is just a, it's Tuesday. I, I do legs. I do legs on Tuesday. You know, we're seeing a guy like Marty St. Louis come into the gym after, you know, a semifinal game and crush a leg workout because that's his day to train legs. Like, to see that commitment level on those guys, or even a guy, I, I remember Mario Lemieux coming over and introducing himself to me, like, you know, introducing himself. Hi, my name is Mario. Like, <laughs> I know, like, and saying, listen, uh, I don't know if you, if, if you talk to the medical guys or not, but I've got a, I've got, I've got some back problems. So everybody in hockey knows that this guy's. <laughs> and, and saying, hey, listen, no so, if it's, so if it's okay with you, if you don't mind, I kind of just gonna. I, I could if I could do a few little core things if you want to show me those. I don't really want to do any of the weights. Uh, definitely don't want to do any squats. I got some little stretches and things that I do. Is that okay? Are you cool with that? Like, 
this this guy could have told me, hey, you know, hey kid, go get me a Gatorade and get the hell out of here, and that that that's what I would have done, right? So, to to see the the way the commitment those guys had, the professionalism that they had, the respect that they had for someone that they didn't need need to have respect for was it was really cool. That's awesome, man. So like, but but Matt, but apart from like the actual lifting though, did you guys have like team stretching or like? Was there anything that you were doing with all the guys, like, or did no, they kind of have it just you know as what? an option for them? You know what, the the everything was an option, and and for the most part, honestly, everybody participated. And some guys went hard, you know. And we had guys that, you know, we had some guys that were training as hard as I've seen anybody train in the off season the whole time through that tournament. And some guys, you know, some like you know, again, singling out guys, but like uh, you know, like a, a guy like Jerome is is a great example. Shane Doan is a great example. Uh, you know, those are just two examples, but all, every guy, every guy on that team, you know, was like that. Every guy on that team was hardworking. No, no one had to do anything. And God bless Pat Quinn, but he would not have given a rat's ass if anybody worked out with me at all during that time. Uh, you know, but the, but they did for the most part. Everybody did just because that's and, and that has nothing to do with me. That has everything to do with them and and how professional they were and how committed they were to being better. There's a reason that they're. Uh perennial all-stars <laughs> no I, I, absolutely and you know absolutely you know and and you know our our you know like our fourth line grinder guys in that team were guys like Kurt Maltby and Chris Draper and like those guys like bring in the energy like they're an 18 year old rookie meanwhile they go like when that tournament's over they go back to their team and their captains and all-star like it was it was really cool to see really cool to see now Matt I know that I know that you know that recently that you guys moved the facility, but like I went to St. Michael's college in grade 10, you know, as a student, I don't I know if you know, know that. that. I yeah. did not know that. Wow. Yeah, man. It, it was, you know, it was an interesting time in my life. You know, I'm, I'm 15, 16 years old. And you know, my mother told, tells me at the dinner table, you know, Sean, you know, you, you've been accepted to St. Mike's and you know, I, I, I it's, it's a great thing. And, 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 you know, and I, and I would really like you to go there and I go St. Mike's, I go, isn't, isn't that an all boys school, mom? And she's like, well, well, yeah, it is. There's lots of girls schools around there. I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. Like I was only 15 years old, right? But I went to the school. I ended up appreciating it. I saw the history and how awesome the setup with, with the arena that's there. And, you know, like it's an incredible thing. And like, I know that you, that was like your home base for a while, man. Yeah. How, how did all that come about? Yeah, well, I'll tell you. First of all, you're you're lucky that I wasn't there because your hockey career would have been over. I would have stolen you, and and you would have been a football player. I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, man, that would have been pretty cool, brother. Of wasting your time, wasting your time in hockey, it would have made you a real a real athlete. But um, yeah. Whoa, so, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's just take a second here. <laughs> Yeah. Let's all digest that comment. I'm I, I just, I look. You had a great career in hockey. Good, full respect, but man, you would have been a hell of a linebacker. You, man, you would. Oh my god, that would have been fun. Anyway, um, I digress. But I, uh, like, I remember, like, I went to a school very similar to St. Mike's uh, in Kitchener. Uh, maybe the difference was it wasn't like a, it wasn't a high end uh, private school, at least in terms of like, I, I think you maybe had to pay fifty bucks or a hundred bucks. It wasn't a it wasn't a, a, a cash thing, that, you know, like yeah. where, where the schools are like that now. But it was an all-boys Catholic school, and we were a big sports school. Like, we, we won we won offs of basketball. Like, for a small school in Kitchener, Ontario, we won offs of AAA basketball. Think about that. Offs of wrestling, offs of track and field, offs of soccer, offs of hockey. Really? 
we want all that stuff, which is, it was a, it was a huge sports school. The uh, high school. Yeah. Yeah, man. We beat. And like, what was the name the of that school, man? St. Jero- St. Jerome's. St. Jerome's. Yep. St. Jerome's. Yeah. You can look it up, man. They won. Uh, wow, like, man. Yeah. It was a, it was a powerhouse and, and to, to be, to be able to come in to Toronto and beat schools like Runnymede and Bathurst in basketball to like go and beat everybody in track to win the hockey championship, to win, you know, wrestling, soccer, like every, it was, it was pretty wild, uh, especially from a small, even, even if, if one school did that in Toronto, it would be a big deal to be from Kitchener was even bigger. Right. Uh, but St. Mike's was sort of our big comparable because it was an all boys Catholic school, but it was in Toronto, the big city. We're in some little shitty small town, not, you know, lots of kids went to St. Mike's that went, that weren't wealthy kids, but there was sort of that perception too, that we weren't, and they were so, Oh, you almost okay. had, yeah, you almost have this image that they're a little better than than you are. They're the big city, you know, big money, better version of us sort of thing. So I always knew of St. Mike's as a high school kid. And, uh, you know, we'd play them in Ontario Catholic basketball tournaments, stuff like that. But I remember, um, you know, it's it's funny how life comes around. I still remember this for sure. And uh, I don't, I, I, two of my buddies, so uh, Shane Nicely and Dimitri Haddad, two of my, two of my best friends in grade nine. Uh, both both Jamaican guys, right? So we're gonna go to St. Mike's. The first track meet of the year is the St. Mike's Snowball Relays, and I, I remember throwing shot. And then I remember these guys. After we were done, we went to Albert's Jamaican Foods, which right on the corner of uh, St. Clair and Vaughan. I remember being scared shitless because I'm walking. There's like streetcar wires. I'm like, I've never seen anything like this. We walked. We were going to this Jamaican restaurant. It was crazy. Like, and you know, everyone like you know, I was everyone was so mean, yelling at yelling at everybody in the restaurant. It was wild. And I remember that life comes full circle around when I left McGill and I moved to Toronto, I ended up my, I ended up coaching high school football at St. Mike's and living above Albert's uh, Jamaican food on St. Clair and Vaughan. And that was sort of my first thing. Like I had, I had, that wasn't a paid job, but I, I, I would work all morning. I, I had a job. I was personal training. There used to be a gym at the Sky Dome. I worked there. I, I worked from 530 in the morning till about two o'clock. Then I would go over and I would do a shift. I'd volunteer at a physiotherapy clinic because I was going to go back. I was going to go to school and be a physiotherapist. That was my plan at the time. I volunteered the physio clinic. When that was done, I'd ride my bike over to St. Mike's. I'd coach high school football. And then when that was done, I just made the offer to all those guys. Say, hey, listen, like anyone who wants to come and train, let's go to the gym and we'll work out. And, and my first athlete client uh, was a, a young guy who was at, you know, at St. Mike's. A guy named Mike Labingo went on to play at Michigan State. You know, went on to play in the NFL, you know, played in the Super Bowl, had the opening tackle in the Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles that year, played in the CFL, won a great cup. Um, you know, so I have a, a really strong connection to that school. And there's a, a group of guys that I coached, you know, my first year out of university at St. Mike's High School. I'm we this, These guys still come to my gym now. Twenty three years later, I got a group of these guys that still come and train. And it, it's really so that that place is special, special, special to me. And. Even when I was with the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, like track work, speed work, that's a huge part of what I believe in for, for all athletes, but hockey players too. But we didn't have a track. We didn't have nothing. So I, I called the principal and say, listen, can I bring the Toronto Maple Leafs guys up there to train? We come up there once or twice a week and, and do our thing. Um, and then, you know, after a while, I'd be like schlepping all this like hurdles and med balls and all this crap and sleds all the way up there from the Air Canada Centre. And we do our work and then I'd take the stuff all the way back down. And then eventually I asked the school, like, is there somewhere like, could I, could I pay to store this? Like, have you got someplace I could store this stuff? And there was an old room that had been the, the St. Mike's majors 
when they were playing out of there, they had used it as like a, uh, I would say a weight room was kind of, a, I mean, like three bikes and a bench press probably, but you, you know, jun junior hockey back in those days, you got a, yeah. a skipping rope, a skipping rope and a heavy bag and like a weird collateral, a five pound dumbbell and a 50 pound dumbbell and maybe some kind of a bar. Right. But when they left that room, they were using it just to store like old art projects and broken furniture from the school. And I just put my hurdles and my med balls and stuff in there. So I was already kind of set up there and we would come, we actually did prospect camp there one year with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, um, but when I got, when, uh, when Ron Wilson and Brian Burke came in and then I got gas there and, you know, I, I was, you know, uh, looking for somewhere to go, I, I, I just reached back out to the school and said, listen, like, is it okay? I've got some players that want to, you know, they, they want to still train. Can we come up there and, and still use the track? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the Leafs guy anymore. So, if you were just letting me in because I'm the Leafs guy, I want to, I got to be, you know, full disclosure. I'm nobody now. I'm just some guy. And they said, no, no, that's, that's great. It's cool. Uh, and if you don't mind, you know, if you're up here anyway, a couple of football guys might want to jump in. You could train them too. I said, yeah, absolutely. I would love to do that. Right. So I, I, you know, 23 years now, I've had that connection forever. So you know, moving the facility, it, it was, it was, we, we didn't have a choice. I had to because of COVID. So it wasn't something that I, I chose to do or wanted to do, but yeah. yeah, I've got a real long-standing relationship with that place. Awesome, man. <laughs> a couple things I want to touch on there. Now, Mike Labinjo. That's right? my guy. Yeah, Mike God rest his soul. Yeah. Man, I, yeah. Mike Labinjo was in grade 12. I think it was he was in grade 12 when I was in grade 10. Oh, so you know. You know school. the legend. You know the legend. <laughs> the legend has a little brother. Uh, Randy, Randy, yeah, yeah. Randy, Randy, that's my age. He was in yeah. my classes, like a few of them. I trained so, Randy too. I trained Randy too. Okay. So me and Randy were friends, Matt. Okay. Come on. Oh yeah. We were in the same classes and you know, there wasn't, you know, <laughs> yeah. too many people with, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Enough said. Enough said. That time, Enough right? <laughs> so me and Randy were friends and man, he talked about his brother all the time. And Matt, I swear I'm not making this up, brother. Randy would say to me all the time, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for my brother's trainer, he wouldn't be going anywhere, man. Oh, wow. I swear, I did not know that you guys were that connection. You were so important to that family. And, I never knew that, man. Randy, Randy was a good guy, man. He got, he got in a lot of trouble, as did everyone else. Did you ever deal with Mr. Pagano, the VP? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Mr. Yeah. Pagano, man, he's legendary, man. Yeah. Mr. Pagano. Mr. Pagano would hide in the bushes by the subway <laughs> station and jump out because if guys didn't have their ties all the way up, they would they would have detention. I swear, man. That was the guy I, I that you I guarantee with. you, I guarantee you, Randy never had that tie tied up. Oh man, Randy, Randy probably set a record for, for detentions, man. But he, he was, was one of the nicest you know kids I've met. Rand, Randy was a hell of an athlete, too. Randy was a hell of an athlete. But Mike, Mike was just, I mean, you know, Mike was special. This guy was a freak. So, like, what, so where did Mike end up after St. Mike's? Like, like he went, like, he went to Michigan like State. Was... So, yeah, so he got, a, he got a full ride to Michigan State as a running back. Uh, the only problem was they also brought in a guy his first year who was the, you know, the most highly touted high school running back in this guy, TJ Duckett who went on to play in the NFL too. So, you know, Mike went from like tailback to fullback and then it was like, okay, he's not going to play it. He's not going to play running back. So they tried him at linebacker and then eventually he ended up as a, as a defensive end. And that's where he really shone there. Yeah. And then from there, 
Philadelphia Eagles, Miami Dolphins, Indianapolis Colts, Calgary Stampeders. So, yeah. so he and, and he has a great cup. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, is he he, sing, he almost single handedly got them in that great cup, and like he was the defensive MVP of that game. Like he's he was a, a some you know people ask me all the time about who's the strongest or the fastest or this or what's the craziest thing you've seen in a gym, Mike. Mike's at the top of the list for almost every single one of those those categories. You know, it's funny. I've got this. I hauled this uh, standing long jump mat out of storage uh, to set up. You know, the new gym. We're kind of like it's a bigger space where they're kind of dusting off old stuff that's been in storage. And I put this standing long jump mat out last summer, and we're measuring guys. And you like, you know, Wayne Simmons, a friend of yours. Uh, you know, he he's got he's got some springs. You know, with some other guys that got some pretty good springs. You know, and uh, you know, Erica Branson could jump, and uh, you know. You know, Christian Thomas, you know, he, he, he's he got some good springs. And when I showed these guys, they will listen. They're like, what's the best you've ever seen? I think about I watch it and I can see it in my mind when I think it and I tell you the story. But I can picture, you know, 240-pound Mike Labinjo jumping over the mat, like 11, 11, an 11-foot 11 standing long jump mat. He, so I don't know exactly what his jump was, but it was longer than the friggin' mat. So, like, at 240 pounds, you know, like, crazy, you know, crazy. So. Uh, just special, special kind of athlete for sure. Yeah, man, he's he's a the absolute legend, man. And I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that he came up on the show because he's definitely definitely. I never knew we had that. I never knew we had that connection. That's that's crazy. oh yeah, man, Randy, Randy, man. Randy, yeah, Randy, 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 Randy. <laughs> that, that's a whole. Uh, there's a, probably a lot of great Randy stories that we won't tell on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. But but I mean, that's how powerful Mike was, though, because I think Randy was was part of the package, man. Like, my brother's yeah. gonna go to the school too if I'm gonna play here, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Like Mike, yeah. and you know what I mean. They probably just wanted to have someone as big as a team guy, someone as positive. It wasn't even about like that he was the most skilled guy on the team. They just wanted to have him in, like like just with the guys. So they probably said yes to all his requests, man. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And, and that's a beautiful thing. Well, um, you know the true story. There's a guy, but I don't, and I don't, I don't want to go too far into it. But there's a guy by the name of Frank Giffen, uh, and Frank. I, that's how I met Mike. So Frank was involved in the Big Brothers program, and yeah. Mike, Mike was his little brother. Okay. Uh, and so uh, he, you know, he came to me early on. I, I'd met Frank at this this gym that I was working at, and I was training him. He was like a Bay Street, you know, stockbroker, financial guy, uh, incredible guy, just the most incredible, charitable, giving guy. And he said, "Listen, I've got this kid." And uh, he's my little brother in this little brother's program. And he goes, but he's, I want you to meet him and I want you to spend some time with him because he's special. And I don't know if he's going to be a hockey player or a, I don't know what he wants to do, but, and I don't care. He said, I just want him to be happy. I want him to have a good life. He goes, but I think he's got something special. And I don't know. I'm not a, you know, that's your, that's your territory. I don't really know, but like, just meet him. And, you know, I mean, it's funny because Mike's this like, he comes across as a shy, low-key guy when you don't know him. And he was kind of, in those days, he was maybe even a little bit chubby, uh, you know, and like pretty lethargic, like, down, you know, like downright lazy. But like, man, when you saw, when he just, he just had that, he had that magic, right? Like, and Frank, you know, it was, it was Frank that put him, got him into St. Mike's. Frank got Randy into St. Mike's. Frank's been there for both of those guys or was there for Mike and is there for Randy. And, and he's done that for numerous other kids and he does not like not only like he does not want anyone to know what he does he doesn't want any attention he doesn't want any accolades or anything so he's he's an incredible incredible person so i just want to give a shout out to frank yeah man that's incredible man 
That's yeah. incredible. And so when, so how old was, how old was, was Mike when, when, when you were like, you know, you got to see this kid, you got to tell me what you think. How old was he at that point? That was his last year of high school before he went, before he was going off to go to Michigan wow. State. Yeah. Wow, man. That's awesome, buddy. Yeah. That's awesome. Another awesome thing though, Matt, is you've had some really good experiences, close, close relationships, training with a, with a couple of the guests that have been on this show, like 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 Chris and Anthony Stewart, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah, man. And like I um like I know that you know them really well, Matt. And like the thing is, is like we the, like uh, what what we try to do on this show, man, is is where our show is mostly about awareness, okay. And so when we've had each Stewart brother on the show, we've really we've really like like magnified what they've actually done, what, what they've, how they've grown, how they've grown into incredible, responsible men. Right. And like, you've had a really big part, like in, in their journey. Right. And I, I just want you to, to comment a little bit on the Stuart brothers and, 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 and how you feel about them right now. Like, like, I'm just so proud of them, man, especially what Anthony's doing now, but I'll let it's you go. Amazing. Ahead, it's amazing. Like, I, I think like, if those guys and, and it's and you know I've talked to both of them about it and their their life story like it, I, that's as good as any after school special or made for TV movie like I think if that happened in New York or Chicago or wherever they, they would you know it would be legendary right but because it's Toronto we you know we don't we don't raise up our own enough I don't think but for those I guys agree. just like I think for those guys to like have a have a good job at subway or whatever would still be pretty like it would have been easy for them to go the wrong way so many times right uh th so the fact that they've been as successful as they have been it it's amazing it's a, such a credit to them and 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 their, and their families and their support networks and everybody else right like it's, it's you know it's not just one guy doing something but uh for me honestly those guys like it it's funny everyone like you you know that in it, in it, when you have a team right you've got guys everyone everyone plays a very defined role like you you know maybe you were the you were the tough guy that's your that's your role another guy's the the the, the silky smooth goal scorer this guy's the stay at home defenseman those two guys like besides the fact like in it, it was it was it was such a pleasure to have them because they always push the pace in the gym they're always put they're always pushing each other and pushing everybody else they always bring the energy whether that's them encouraging other people whether that's them fighting each other which happened like more than once you know we had a full one, one time <laughs> full on no i swear to god Kyle, we had a full-on brawl on the bench of a, of a tuesday morning practice because i don't even remember like if chris accused anthony or anthony accused chris of like not back checking on the last it's like we're playing like we're doing a three-on-three -three drill on tuesday morning in like the middle of July and these guys are ready to kill each other because somebody didn't play defense, you know. So like, but those guys like that and 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 you obviously you know those like it's like it's like having front row tickets to a fucking comedy show with those guys in the gym. Just every every day was a riot. Like every day they made me laugh. Every day they made everybody laugh. Every day they increased. As soon as they walk into the room, the energy went up. The energy went up, you know. And both in very different, like very a lot of similarities, but also different guys different styles uh and and it was it was just such a pleasure to work with those guys for sure now what about what about chris's comeback making yeah, philly cool. man wasn't that something 
Yeah, you know, it's but it's it doesn't surprise me at all because there's like both of those guys, and it's funny, like and knowing them as long as I have, you could see, like I, you can you can very often you can tell with a player, and it's a hard. This is the hard part of my job is that sometimes you see guys and they're at the end of the road. Yeah, and you know what? Everyone knows it, and you know it. They but they don't know it, or maybe they know it, but they just don't want to admit it or whatever. Uh, and, and also you see guys that, you know, maybe, maybe not necessarily, you know, older guys, sometimes it's a young guy who just like, you just look and you're like, this kid is not going to figure it out. It's going to pass him by. Like he doesn't see that the time is now, he just doesn't see it. And it's just, you, you, you just know it's not going to happen. Right. Those two guys, it, you could see like, you know, even if they strayed a little bit one way or the other, there was this look. And I saw that with Chris the, that day that, you know, he had been a client for a long time and then you know, kind of took a left and his career kind of took a left. And then, and then at one point he just asked if he could come and have a meeting and just said like, I, I think I can still play in this league in the NHL. Like, am I crazy? You think I can do this? And I just, I, you just know, when you look at this guy, I said, do, do you, do you believe you can do this? And do you really want to do this? And are you willing to do the work? And I, I just knew from day one, this is going to happen. This guy is like first guy in every day, like it was, it was almost like he went back to being a rookie, you know, like he, he, he came in with that rookie like workman attitude, didn't want anything, didn't want to be given anything by anybody. He was going to work himself back in and he put in so much work that summer. He got himself in like phenomenal shape, phenomenal shape. And he had such a he had such a humility about it. And that's sometimes that's usually for me the easiest thing I see, like when a guy's trying to make a comeback like that or at the, they're at the end of the road and the calls are not coming and no one's knocking on your door and they still carry themselves like with that same air that they had, you know, back when, when they were on top of the world, that's when I get a little nervous. But when a guy like Chris comes in and he's like, I just, you know what? He it was like, he was right back to being an 18 year old rookie with his attitude, his work ethic. I'm like, this is, this is going to happen for sure. You know, it was, it was cool. Yeah, man. I mean, he was our, like, Chris was our first ever guest on the show. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, and he, he really, like, like, he really came up big for us, man, because, I mean, when me and Kyle started the show, like, we were pretty much put on by the, the well, Kyle, maybe you could explain it better. HW Radio in Philadelphia <laughs> was what, where we there were based, go. right? Like, Kyle's in Philly, right? So the fact oh, yeah. that we could have not only an NHL's status player, but a Philadelphia Flyer the previous season as our first guest, it really, really helped us, man. And, and, and it, was a, it was a huge success. And, and we thank Chris for, for really helping us you know, get off the ground. It was episode two, and he was our first guest we ever had. So, Amazing. man, like it was, it, it was pretty cool that, that you've been part of his process, buddy, and you know, I, I knew that we had to talk about this 100%. Well, those guys, I mean, it was just those guys are the best, both of them. And like like I said, they just, you you know, you've had guys like that on teams and you've probably been one of those guys. But like they walk into the room and it's just like someone turned up the music two notches. All of a sudden, like everyone comes to life. They're ripped. They're ripping on every. No one's safe. Like nobody is safe. Whether it's your, what, the shirt you're wearing or your haircut or, you know, what, what something you just said or something, something someone did in the weekend. They're on everybody, and it just like picked everybody up. It was, it was, it was, it was great to be around those guys. So Matt, so like, 
you you know everything there is to know for preparation for sport mentally physically <laughs> no no but you do though Matt because you're you're at a level where you know if any professional team can hire you as their head guy and and you have the credentials to to satisfy anyone's needs like for that type of thing would you agree with that uh, you know what? I, I don't. I don't think you can ever know everything there is to know about anything. Uh, I try to know as much. <laughs> as I, I try to know as much as I can. I, I know a little bit. You know, I've I've been doing this for for a long time. So, if you didn't know, if you didn't know a lot by this point, you're probably doing something really wrong. So, but I appreciate the comment. I appreciate the compliment. But where I was getting with that, Matt, is like so with COVID right now, man, and with things so weird and different, like. Like, what is an athlete? Like, I'm so, I, I can't get over what it must be like for athletes right now. Like, for example, a player in the OHL, Matt, that the seasons can't, was canceled and it was postponed. And then they were like, oh, we can't bring them back because the Ontario, you know, minister wouldn't allow it. Like, what are, what's the best thing for kids that are their seasons are on hold, like what do they do, man? Like how many days a week should they be training? What's overdoing it? Like this is a very weird time, Matt. Yeah, that's a, you know that's a phenomenal question, and I don't think there is one perfect answer. And you you know there are, there are kids that are going through this quarantine, and they have a full gym in the basement with squat racks and Peloton bikes and their parents are probably sneaking trainers into the house and do they've got people coming and they got all this stuff. And there's other kids that are like, it's you and mom in a one bedroom apartment, you know what I mean? And, and they're both, they both love hockey and they're both committed to training and they're both passionate about what they do completely different situations. So I think the most important thing is for my, my messaging is like, you, you gotta, you just gotta, you gotta stop focusing on all the shit that you can't do all the shit that you don't have that that that's a loser's game you know you're driving looking in the rearview mirror that's that's not going to help right you gotta you just gotta focus on what is it that you can do and i think it's also important to you know for a lot of these kids to understand sometimes just getting through the day is that that's that's an accomplishment maybe you didn't crush your personal best in squats or cleans today maybe you just got your homework done and you kept your shit together and that maybe maybe that's good for today uh, and I and I think understanding that, you know, it's it, it's I I I I try to always talk to to my staff uh, about what we do and we're about playing the long game. You know, that, that's what we like. I want to have a kid come in at 15 or 16. I want to keep that guy for the next 20 years. I don't care what he does tomorrow. I don't care if he come. The the most important thing, I want him to love coming to my gym. I want him to love it because if he loves coming there. He's going to come all the time. He's going to be there often. And when he's there, we'll do good stuff. Good things will happen. It doesn't have to be today. If, as long as he has, he has to have enough fun and enough enjoyment to, to want to come back tomorrow, we have to accomplish enough real stuff. It can't just be fun and goofing around. We have to do enough that we're actually doing real stuff. So in a, in a time like this with COVID, you got to think, okay, you know what? I don't know when the world's going to be normal. I don't know if it's next week or next month or next year. But I, I believe in my heart it will be, you know, and I, I you know, that's I just I don't think this is it. I, it, it everything that, you know, the, the fucking pyramids and, and like, you know, the, the Roman Empire and like everything we've done, like and this is it. We're just going to sit in our yeah. house and wait. And then all of a sudden that's yeah. it. Like I, I just got to believe that at some point in time it will revert to some version of normal. And then month by month by month, it'll return. So if you believe like I do 
it's going to be okay. I don't know when, but it's going to be okay. Just you got to get a little better every day in something you do. Maybe you slept, maybe you get your sleep dialed in a little better. And then tomorrow you wake up, you got a little more energy. So you eat a little better. And then, and then maybe the next day you get a little bit of a workout in and you just build on those little tiny successes every day. Man, that is go lift weights. Yeah. 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 Matt, like, thank you for sharing that because that's some powerful stuff for sure. Very, very true and honest stuff as well. So now I know that there, I know that there's a lot of people listening to this episode that are probably just licking their chops. If it's parents with kids that they just want to be in this atmosphere, or if it's the athlete that said, this is what I really want, man. I just really want to come to a gym. I really want a guy to really want me there. I want a guy that wants to stick with me for 20 years. Like, you know what I mean? So like, what do you have going on right now, Matt? Like, I know with COVID, everything's a little bit weird, but like, but like, what's Matt Nickel up to right now? Like what's, what's available with Matt Nickel? Yeah. Well, you know what? That's, I mean, that's, a, that's a great question. I, I mean, with COVID, obviously <laughs> we can't, we can't do much of anything. Right. So yeah, uh, we support uh, our, our existing athletes that we have. I, I have a mentoring, a large group of students last year that I just, I just try to, I try to help in any way that I can, you know, and I, and I don't, you know, whatever, whatever that means. And if people see, find value in it, that's great. And uh, you know, if there's any way, you know, people have ideas of other ways that I can, you know, coming on your show tonight, maybe some, who knows, maybe one, one kid, listen to this and got one piece of inspiration that helped him, then, then that's great. I feel good about that, but you know, we, we will, we will be set up. You know, I, I do believe, like I said, the world will be more normal at some point soon. We will be able to take people back in the gym. Uh, that'll be great when we can do that. Uh, and, and, and I love that. Like, you know, that's the one thing I, I would, I don't want to have, we don't, we, we don't advertise. We don't go out and try to, you know, get a thousand kids in the door. That's not what we do. I would rather have, one or two great kids a year and have those kids forever because that to me is where I can have the impact is that whatever I, whatever I do in the gym. And if, you know, Anthony Stewart trap bar deadlifts 475 pounds for five and <laughs> this guy, with that, whatever, whatever it is. Right. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. It's great. And, and Mike Labinjo jumped over Matt. That's great. Like all that stuff is, is great for me. It makes for a nice story on a podcast. But what I love is that those guys go out and spread the word and and you can go and inspire the, the you know the next Sean McMorrow and and Liam can go Liam's going to find some kid and say you know what I'm going to catch you before it's too late and we're going to make this happen for you and Chris and Anthony are going to do that for some other kid and this is all it's you know that that to me is the cool stuff because at some point in time we're all going to be old farts and no one's going to care about who we are anymore and what we did and someone's going to have done something cooler or better than what we did that's okay but all these people that you work with, if they can spread that message and, and carry it forward, that's what really counts. Man, that is that is very inspiring, and it, and it's and it's very very incredible. And Matt, I'll I'll tell you one thing. I know Liam's Liam's name's come up again. Man, this guy's doing a career change. I don't know if you've heard about it, brother, but this guy's this guy. You could tell me anything about. You could tell me Liam is living on the space station right now, or he's a surfer. I I would believe anything. This is going to be this. This is going to include you, though. He wouldn't fit because once he once he comes up here, he's probably going to need a trainer because Liam is going to is becoming a professional wrestler, buddy. Okay, listen. Hey, hey, okay. Stop, stop. I want I want credit for this because I told him this. I told him this. God is my like hand to God on my mother's (laughs) grave. I told him. I said, listen. I believe you should be in the NBA. I believe that in my heart. I called NBA teams on his behalf. Most of them, you know, half of them wouldn't even pick up the phone. 
the ones that actually would listen, I, I mean, they must think I'm a maniac, right? Like, who the hell is this? Some guy in a gym calling me, telling me about some <laughs> like seven foot tall Canadian guy. But I believe in my heart he 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 could do that. He could have, could will. I don't know, whatever. But I said, if that, if this, for some reason, when that when this chapter is done, like whether that's tomorrow or ten years from now. This guy should be a WWF wrestler. I said that since day one. He, <laughs> There's he's a, a reason, dude. He's got the person like this guy doesn't. If he worked out to actually get strong, like to get big, this guy would be a beast. There's a reason why I, I said this, Matt, because he did. He did mention that. He mentioned that because I okay, told him. Like, thank oh, I'm, thank I'm, you. I'm I want credit. I want credit for that. Yeah, I, I told him. I said I'm Royalty recording. Royalty checks. When he... I'm recording. <laughs> yeah, I just want to when he's got when he's got the belt over his head. I want a shout out. I don't need I don't need any money. I just want a shout out with the belt. That's all I need. <laughs> there was a, there was a very few amount of people that were encouraging him from back in the day, and he said that you were the loudest voice. He wanted me to mention that that he's gonna he's giving you a shout out, and Love and it. you know what I mean. He's been working with Diamond Dallas Page. He's been training really hard, brother. He's in Vegas right now. He's Amazing. bulking up. He, he's you know his personality is already there. Oh he's got the cameo. He's the mayor, man. He's gonna do it. He's gonna I start with AEW and he's gonna work his way up just like anybody else, bro. And is he's he going got with the mayor? Is that his name, the mayor? Well, the mayor. Well, the mayor is what we call him because I know, I know. But what's is that? Is yeah, that going to be? Well, but, well, no. But because you know, Matt, when you're with him. And you see people, all people want to do is either shake his hand or take a picture with him, just like yeah. they do with mayors, right? So that's why his nickname's the mayor, <laughs> right? I'm the sheriff, he's the mayor. But Liam accredits you to so much, man. His knee is so strong now, Matt, that he's actually able to do it now. He's able to do the wrestling because of his knee, man. It wasn't a career ender for him. He's able to, to go on. And he knows that with your help, that was possible, man. And oh, and he'll never cool. be able to thank you enough, Matt. I love. Okay, I can't wait to see his costume. I want to see what he comes out with. I know, buddy. It's going to be pretty exciting. <laughs> but yeah, man, for sure. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, man. So so yeah, like I, I I know you're not a big promotion guy, Matt. But I just I just wanted to know, like you know, what, what you have going on, just in case people wanted to contact you. Do you guys do stuff like that or? Yeah, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're not, uh, we're, we're a pretty small boutique, vol, you know, low volume business. We always, you know, hey, I'm always willing to listen. And you know what, you know, you never know when you're going to meet the next Mike or Randy or Chris or Anthony, you never know. So I'm always, always, always open to having that conversation. But also if there's ways like I'm trying, you know, I, I'm so bad, as you know, trying to set up this call. I'm so bad with my technology. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do the social media thing. I'm not sure if I love it or hate it, but I, I'm trying uh you know are you public that's me like this is that no i'm not a social media guy but you look like look if you go to my instagram page just this is not a curated this is a very uncurated post you know i i wrote this really nice tribute to a mentor of mine yesterday and posted a picture and cropped his head right off of the fucking thing so, <laughs> I, mean? so I, I don't but, but at least people know that that's it's me it's me and you can ask questions and i'll try and if there's ways that like maybe we can't accommodate everybody at our gym but you know what that's okay there's like I couldn't have I couldn't have trained with Matt Nickel when I was a kid. My parents didn't have the money to send me there, and I lived in Kitchener, so it's not about that. But if there's things that like I can share or teach that you can take and do where you're at, you know, wherever you are, then that makes me happy too. You know? Yeah, Matt, because I just know that. I mean, especially when when Liam said to me, like Sean, just imagine getting that confidence boost from a guy like Matt Nickel that that knows what he knows, and he's telling you personally that you're going to be able to do it. For an athlete, there's nothing else like it. So. 
for for the, the average athlete that's listening right now, Matt, like you said, if they did have questions that that you would be more than happy to answer it. Like like, is there is there an email or anything? Yeah, at you know all? what? If they like, yeah, if they just you know, follow, I'm, I'm on I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, you know, Matt underscore Nickel or M underscore Nickel on Twitter. Uh, like I like I you know what to be honest, I like that form because if if they have specific questions, I'm yeah. happy to answer. If it's like, what do I eat? You know, like. How do I make the NHL? Like, you know, tell me what to do for workouts. Like, like, That's an easy one, Matt. How do you yeah, make the you know, NHL, man? It's yeah, simple. exactly. Yeah, but you, you know what I mean. To... So, if they have specific questions, I'm always happy, and it's me. And I'm some. I'm I'm not always fast to get back to people, but I, but I'm pretty good at getting back there, buddy. And I got a website. Not much going on there, but you know, I'll try. I'll work on that too, and you know, I'll I'll get my social game going a little stronger. I've seen I've seen your website though, brother. Let's plug the website. Yeah, it's just my name, mattnickel.com. Mattnickel.com. That's it, buddy. That's it. So, yeah, there was a couple times, Matt, where I was just saying, like, don't get Kyle going because we were talking about <laughs> Philly, right? Because he's a Philly guy. Oh, man, but, the worst. But, Kyle, you, you're, you're too young to appreciate this, but, like, we would play – I remember we played Philly in the playoffs back in, like, 2003, man. Jeez, those fans were nuts. Like, just crazy, 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 crazy. Was Shane Corson in that? There that oh, year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Shane has also been a, a special guest on our show, Matt. Oh, amazing. Yeah, great. Yeah, guy. man. And yeah. trust me, he, 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 he loved being on that team when you guys were there, man. Like, he, he told us how special it was. So that's why I really wanted to get into that time with you with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Because- Kyle, I'm gonna tell you, Kyle, I'm going to tell you one story before we're done. So if you, if you can picture in that, uh, is it the Wach- Wachovia Center? Is that what you call your – piece of shit rink that you got there what is that place? Uh, well, 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 wait a second. i'm sorry i'm i'm sorry but uh aren't, aren't our teams playing on the same uh, course right now but yeah uh, yeah exactly <laughs> but whatever i remember this so i remember i remember that what we, we had a playoff game there and so the the visitors where they where the visitors dressing room is there's a door at the end of the dressing room you can open up and there's like a it's kind of like the, the toronto maple Leafs have this a platinum lounge right there's a little little area out there where the players could stretch and do their thing but but it's right underneath the stands. So, like, you can literally see. So we would go out during the game, and these fans were just ruthless. You know how you know how the Philly fans, like, they, they're serious. I Like, I'm teasing. I Like, I have full respect because they, they love the Flyers, and they take it seriously. But every once in a while, when they, when they would really be getting on our team if we were losing a game, I remember one time being out there with Wade Belak, and he would, like, reach up through the stands and, like, Grab a guy, grab a guy by the by the by the shoe or by the sock or untie his shoe. <laughs> As a fan, you you like they, they couldn't figure out what the hell is because you don't you don't you couldn't even imagine what would be below the seats and these are premium level seats. Where he would take you know I remember one time taking a water bottle, drinking brand new water bottle, cracking it open, drinking half of it and putting it back beside a guy's shoe. Like you got to think these people like you know going crazy trying to figure out what the hell is going on. That's uh, crazy cool, things. man. Yep. That's really cool. Now, now that's a name. That's a name that that actually hasn't been brought up lately. Um, Wade Belak. I mean, he was a guy that obviously I have a lot of respect for. Men like, man, he was he, like anyone that I've ever talked to. They've always said how good of a team guy that Wade was. Amazing. So you know, rest in peace, the best. Wade Belak, one hundred percent, man. And you know what's funny? There's an interesting like the the guys, especially in that day and age, that filled that role that that Wade filled, as you as you know very well. 
you have this maybe like before I before I worked in the league, I had an image in my mind, but I had a couple of clients that did that job privately before I worked for the Leafs. So, but then, but before you start working in hockey, you have this idea of like these crazy badass, like you know, maniac guys. All those guys were were just the greatest guys. They were all the you know you know self deprecating humor. Wade especially the first guy to you know make you know make everybody laugh, make a joke about himself, but like. Just a, a he was the one guy that can on every team that 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 I was on uh, with him, you know there was you know the young guys would hang around and then the old guys would hang around the Russian guys would hang around with Russian guys and the the Czech guys would hang around with Czech guys and there was always he was the one guy that was like buddies with everybody and everybody loved him he was just everybody's friend he was the class clown he was just like a, an incredible personality for sure. Now Matt, did just another thing that I just wanted to touch up on here. Do you find that you were able to develop special relationships with the tough guys per se, because they were, you know, obviously a tough guy is most likely on the fourth line. You know that there's two, three guys that are battling to get into the lineup. There's usually two or three guys that are healthy scratches every night. Right. So, you know, the fourth liners you're, you're, you're accustomed to the most, right. They were our seventh defenseman. A hundred percent. And that was the thing. Like I think about those teams, like, for me, I mean, Ty, Ty was a different kind of relationship because he just needed someone to help him stay in one piece. I mean, this guy, like, think about to think about what he did at his size to fight the guys that he fought, play the style of game. It's it's amazing. But like with Wade, Wade and and you know and you know for one of those years or maybe two was Nathan Parrott as well. Yeah. And now, I think he was think also a guest on our show. Oh yeah, yeah, the Rock. Oh, yeah, the Rock. Yeah, the Rock was a the Rock was an absolute specimen in the gym oh my god he was a freak but that was i think i think we had a special relationship because i was there like we we trained very often after games and i was there before the game to help guys warm up get ready do their little rehab things so that during the game i i was just sitting around waiting for the game to be over but i had those guys if they weren't playing so they were like like they were the most important guys to me i devoted more time to Wade and Nathan some nights than I would have to Matt Sundin or Gary oh, yeah. Robert, you know? So I think they, they appreciated that I didn't just write a 20 minute bike ride on the board. Like I came in with like, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to come up with the best workout ever for Nathan and Wade on Tuesday in November. Like this is like the most important thing in my life. And I think they appreciated cause you, you know what, when you're not playing, it feels like shit. Like, you don't, you know, it's, it's a shitty feeling, right? Um, so I think they, when they weren't in the lineup and we would do, this is back in the day where we used to carry more guys. I remember we'd go to Buffalo, we'd go to the Buffalo athletic club and we play pickup basketball. We have like three on three basketball games. Like you could never do that now. You know, they, there's not enough guys. Plus they'd probably sue you if you try to do that. But yeah. we, we did a lot. We would, we would do stuff. We'd go to gyms. Like sometimes we, me and Wade would just go check out a gym somewhere in town, you know, just do like, try to, it, try to make it as fun as it can be, you know, like make them enjoy life a little bit when they're doing it. Uh, and then when those guys, yeah, like when, you know, when they, after the game, if they did play, we still had to get their conditioning in and all that stuff. Yeah. Cause like, like Matt, like I know that for me, for example, being a fourth line guy, being the team tough guy for the, the teams that I played for, I had to be as strong as possible. I had to be more, more powerful and more strong than, than a normal forward because I had a role on the team and my strength coaches, the good ones anyway, they really embrace that. And I know I I can only imagine 
what you had going on for those guys, man. And I know that they probably appreciated it so much, Matt, because I know the tough guy really, really looks to the strength coach for guidance and for, for everything. And like, that's why I had to ask you if you felt that there was a special. I did. Yeah, I did. I I did for sure. And I think that was, you know what it is at the end of the day, you want to feel at least for me, I can only speak for myself, but I want to feel like what I do matters, you know, and I don't care if it's with the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Dallas Cowboys or like, you know, some house league team in in Pickering. I don't care. You just want (laughs) to feel like you want to feel like what you're doing made a difference. Right. And so with those guys, guys like you, you like, you know, Matt Sundin was a super hardworking guy in the gym and did whatever I asked him to do. But if he didn't, he probably would have been just fine because he's pretty damn good, right? Yeah. So, like, but you felt like with those guys, like with Nathan and Wade, like if I if I if, if we do our training just right, that could be the difference. You know, that could really, you know, he he lines up with a guy like you or a guy like Big George or like Donald. Like, man, you you can't be at ninety nine percent. You got to be at a hundred. Like you ninety nine yeah. not. Like if, if you're going to go toe to toe with George the Rock, 99 yeah. is not going to cut it. You need a hundred, you need 101, you know, you got to yeah. find that extra one. Right. So George, yeah. another guest on our show, by the way. Oh man, that guy, uh, he, he was, that was a scary dude, man. He's a big yeah. guy. <laughs> Matt, I know, man. And, and, and we appreciate it. We know we've gone over the time limit, but Matt, there's this, there, can we, like, I, I, I say this, to specific guests, would we be able to have you back for a part two, my friend? Absolutely. Because there's a a lot more that I kind of want to get into. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle might have to to change his shirt, but but other than that, (laughs) not going to happen, bro. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? It matches your your beard and your hair, buddy. No, your beard and your hair, Matt. Yeah, for sure. You got the red You got the carrot top, right? I sure do. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm proud, proud of it. Yeah, I hear you, bro. Hey, bro, I lived in Ireland and Scotland for two years, man. I, I know exactly what you're saying, brother. I love it my, too, my man. People, good. My people right there. That's it, buddy. That's it. So, so Matt, I mean, man, the, infor- the, 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 the information that we got on this show, um, the insight that we got into the strength training, brother, I, want, I really want to thank you for letting the listeners know how all that works, what it all takes, what the mindset is of the head strength coach, man. And I think that it's incredible. I know that me as a player, I was helped tremendously throughout my career, brother, by all my strength coaches. I even would hire them in the summer and stuff like that. That's how good, that's how big of an impact that you guys have on the players. And I really know that the listeners definitely know that now, man. So I want to thank you again, Matt, for coming on, brother. I'm so glad that I just finagled you into a part two, buddy. (laughs) Because I just I can't wait to have you back. But yeah, on behalf of me and Kyle, I mean, I I really appreciate you coming on, buddy. And I want to thank the listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Sheriff. And guys, we will be definitely be seeing you soon. Woo!